Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Today's episode, so what I've done was um, on my Instagram, I put up a story and said for people to ask me questions and I'll answer them on the podcast. One of the most popular questions, um, or yeah, most popular ones was about flying fly outs, how did I find it and all that sort of stuff. So today's episode is pretty much all about flying fly out and the next one I'll answer the rest of the Q&A questions. Sweet. So one of the questions I got was, how did I get into working fly and fly out? Um, so a few years back, I was working at Fitness First and I was sort of coming towards the end of my contract and I wasn't too sure what I wanted to do, if I wanted to renew it or try something else. And my friends and stuff had, been, had started working away and they were making really good money. And when they'd come back, like they were talking about buying houses and investing in things and stuff like that, you know, like having really good conversations. And then for me, like at the time, I was just more worried about what I was going to have for lunch the next day. So I sort of said to myself once I saw that, um, I was like, I need to get get out and do something different for a while. So I reached out to a few people and... Yeah, most people, they'll say, yeah, 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 I'll give you a call next week or when I get back or something like that. But it's quite busy, so not many of them got back to me. But then I reached out to uh, one of my cousins, Eddie, and I said to him, um, what do I need to do to sort of get a job out where you are? And then I didn't expect him to answer straight away, but probably, yeah, about an hour later, he gave me a call and, yeah, he sort of told me what courses I needed to do, um, a few things like that, and sort of said, look, you need to do this, 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 and that. So I went away and I'd done all those courses, and then, yeah, like I, I think it took me a few months to get through it all, and then once I sort of finished it, then I reached out to Eddie again, and I said, hey, bro, I've done all those courses, uh, what are the chances of me getting a job out there with you? He said he just spoke to his boss and his boss will give me a ring next week sometime. So, yeah, the following week, uh, his boss gave me a call, got me to do a couple more courses, inductions and stuff like that. And then, yeah, about a month later, I found myself on my first swing. So, yeah, that's how I got into it. Um, so, like, I'll always be grateful for oh, to Eddie for helping me out getting out there because it was pretty stressful and, like, a lot of people did say, yeah, I'll help you out, but Eddie actually, would, like, went out and done it. So, yeah, I'll always be grateful to Eddie for helping me out for that. Uh, so, next question I got is, I'm just about to head out on my first swing for Fly and Fly Out. How did you find your first swing? So... For me, I was really excited because um, like it was all new for me and to be honest, I, I couldn't stop thinking about the money. So um, yeah, I was quite excited going out there, but I think I was a little bit too excited because I, w I didn't actually read half the emails that got sent to me. And in one of the emails, it says, make sure your phone um, is on Telstra because nothing else works out on site. So I remember I read the email, like a few emails just before I left, like while I was in the plane. And um, I remember it said, when you land, you'll meet up with Corey. 
Um, and then this is this and that. And so for me, I was just like, because I hadn't met Corey before, I was just like, oh, yeah, sweet. Like, this guy knows that I'm coming, so he's probably waiting there for me. So anyway, um, jump in the plane. And then when we land, I go to check my phone and I go to give um, Corey a buzz. And my phone's not working because I'm on um, Optus. So then I'm like, oh, crap. Like, what do I do? So, um, yeah, we landed and I, I was freaking out because then I was like in the middle of nowhere. I wasn't too sure if anybody would help me or anything. So we got to camp and I just went up to this lady that was in like where you get all your room keys and stuff. And because she was a moldy lady, I was like, which I found out later on that she's my cousin. Um, but I went up and I said to her, hey, look, um, can I use your computer or something just to jump on my Facebook and check my emails quickly because I don't have, uh, I'm not on Telstra. And she was like, oh, yes, sweet. Um, so went on there and then I searched Corey's name, checked his profile picture, and then I was like, oh, yes, sweet, that's what he looks like. Then I asked if I could use the phone there, so I called up and then, um, yeah, and then, he said, yes, yeah, sweet, I'll meet up with you. And then from there, met up with him, had a quick chat, and then, yeah, um, went out to work. So, yeah, I was pretty excited going out there. Um, I I didn't actually tell Corey, though, I didn't have a phone. And then so it wasn't till about the second or third night, because I was really shy and I didn't know how to say like I didn't know what to say or anything. And I sort of said to him, he said to me, oh, I'll give you a ring. In the morning, we'll go to the gym together, eh? And I said to him, oh, bro, like, my phone's not working. And then he was like, hey. I was like, yeah. And then he goes, well, how you been um, contacting your family? And I was like, to be honest, bro, I haven't. Like, when I got your profile picture, when I went on Facebook, I actually messaged them and I said, look, I don't, like, my phone's not working up here, so I'll give you a call when I can. So I think I went, yeah, like, two, three days without giving anyone a call and, like, letting them know I was all right, but... Um, it ended up working out really good. Um, it was an awesome experience. And I remember at the end of that swing, Corey, like, first thing he said to me, because I was just, like, far out, like, um, like, when's the next one and all that, first thing he said to me is, bro, the first thing you need to do when you, when we land is go straight to Telstra and get a new phone. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's how, it, like, my first swing was pretty cool. So I was pretty excited and, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So next question I've got is, how did you find the money when you're working away? So a few people asked me that. Um, so for me, yeah, I don't know, I'll be honest, like the money was really good. Um, that's like I said, that's what attracted me to doing that type of work. Um, so yeah, I went out as a scaffolder and was getting paid you know, pretty good money out there. Um, but I think, yeah, that's what's hard is because you are getting paid like fairly well and like because it's a, such a good wage, it's hard to sort of say, I'll give it up and come back to town and be with your family. Like this is what I've found, um, not speaking for anybody else. So for me, when I started making that good money, like I set myself a, I, said, so I sort of said, look, I'm only going to do this for a year. And because the first year I was sort of just doing um, shutdown work, but it was only sort of like here and there, I wasn't really chasing it. I was just sort of with the one company. 
after the first year, I sort of said, look, um, I'll do one more year, get a bit more money behind me and sort of uh, make a plan from there. Because my big plan was always to come back to Perth and uh, get back in the fitness industry. So I said that and then two years, I think, turned into six or seven. So, yeah, it is hard. Like, I found it hard to sort of adjust. So, especially because when you're out on site, pretty much everything gets done for you. So, you know, you go to work and breakfast is all made. So when you wake up, you go get your breakfast, it's all made for you, have it, and then you go get your lunch, everything's all made, you just have to chuck it all in lunch boxes, and then, yeah, after work, go to the gym or whatever, but then when you go for dinner, like I said, everything's made, so those habits um, I got used to, and so when I come back to Perth on my R&R, or like my time off, um, instead of waking up and making breakfast or something like that I'll take my family out for breakfast and then lunch will be the same like I'll sort of be like oh, I can't be bothered cooking or with all the dishes and stuff like that so yeah I sort of got into high spending habits um is what some people call them so um yeah that like the money yeah it is good and um yeah, I did enjoy my time while I was there, like the money that I was earning, because, yeah, it was, it was awesome. So I think, like, for me, yeah, like I said, the sacrifice of spending time with my family and money, like I started choosing money a little bit more because when I was doing some shuts, like the company that I was with at the time, they might say, oh, yeah, you're only going out for a week, and then halfway through that week they'll give me a message and say, oh, there's another job on straight after this and it's for two weeks do you want to go on that one and instead of coming home to see my family and stuff like that I'll choose that job and then one week turns to three and then sometimes three would turn to four or five and then I'll come home and by the time I come home like my kids are saying new words and they're walking and doing all those sorts of things and I'm missing out on all of them but or like what for me like what justifies that is when I look in the bank I could see money in there and things like that so for me um that's how I felt and yeah so yeah oh, the money is um awesome um out there uh next question I've got is what's one of the things you miss from when you worked away um yeah, so for me, it's it wouldn't be the money. Um, although it was good, the one thing I actually do miss is like the friendships or the brotherhood. Um, I think you make some real like lifelong friends when you work out there with these people. Um, most of these guys, when you go out there and work with them, you're spending probably yeah over twelve hours a day with these guys and. They turn from friends into brothers. So um, some guys I've met out there, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to be invited to their weddings and things like that. And like even one of my best friends, Jordan, like I met him out there, hadn't even like met him, yeah, like spoken to him or anything like that prior to working away. But now it's like, yeah, consider him one of my best friends. So it's probably that's one thing I do miss the most. Um 
yeah, like the chats you have with these guys, they're awesome. Obviously, you have banter with them and everybody gives each other shit. But um, there's a lot of smart people and they don't just talk about, yeah, like crap. Like people speak about money and um, things like that, investments and sort of what the goal is at the end of working away. So... Yeah, those crippering chats you have with the boys is like, yeah, I do miss that because you actually get a lot out of it. And I remember when I used to sit there with a few of the boys, I'd have my diary out and we'd be chatting away and some of the things I'd be saying, like I'll be jotting things down in my diary, making sure that, you know, I got things out of it. And yeah, so I think, yeah, for me, one thing, yeah, one thing I do miss is the brotherhood up there. Um, yeah, you can't replace that. Our uh, next question is, um, this one's even from my own, my cousin that I used to work with. Um, what is your typical routine when you used to work away? So for me, because um, I worked for a pretty cool company, um, I did do night shifts and stuff when I first started, but I ended up um, sort of asking if I could be on days and... So I was pretty much, yeah, I was on permanent day shift. And so what how that started was when we used to get out on site, they sort of tell you if you're on days or nights and what crew you were in and all that. And you sort of get paid, or you did back then, I'm not too sure about now, you paid a little bit more for working night shift. And so for me, I would always switch with someone. So even though you get more money, I valued my sleep a little bit more. And... So I used to swap over and then one of the guys, supervisors, he sort of said to me, um, why do you always change? And I said, oh, look, I prefer not, oh, day shift. Um, I'm grumpy when I'm on nights and I just can't handle it. So yeah, he put me on permanent days. So what my sort of routine would look like is I'd wake up in the morning about four o'clock or something. I'll have a quick shower meditate and then go have breakfast sometimes i train but usually i'll train in the afternoons so anyway go have breakfast make lunch and then catch the bus then do yeah do 12 hours at work then once you come back i have a quick shower um go to the gym have dinner go chill with the boys for a little bit and then go back to my room call my family up, chat to my kids and all that. And then I would all, because I, while I was away, like I did set myself a goal of coming back and getting back into the fitness industry. So I would do some study while I was up there. So at the time I was doing a lot of um, Paul Check's work. So I'd done a few of his correspondence courses. So I'd go up and i take my folders, DVDs and all those sorts of things up because um, I wasn't online at the time. So, yeah, I'd go to work, train and all that, and then I'd spend an hour every night studying. And then, yeah, I'd do that, do it all again the next day and the next day and the next day. So, yeah, that was my routine while I was working away. Ah, uh, this next question... I got asked by a few people, but they asked it different ways, but pretty much it was, did I have any struggles or did I struggle when I worked away? 
Um, to be honest, I did personally. Um, so speaking from my experience, not from anybody else, I did struggle um, while I was away. Um, for me, it started off like I loved being able to sort of take my family places and do things with them, buy them things and stuff like that. And I would get on this high from doing that. And then um, say I had to fly out the next day that whole night, like I wouldn't be able to sleep because I'd be like, oh, I don't want to go back to work tomorrow. This is crap. And it might only be for like a week, but I was just like, no, nah, I don't want to go. And then on the way to the airport, the whole way I'd be, I'd put my glasses on and I'd just want to cry. And um, I'd be sort of thinking to myself, like, just say, for example, I might have to be there at 2.30. It might be like quarter past two. And I'm sort of thinking like, oh, sweet, I might be late here. Like, hopefully the traffic's bad and I'll miss my flight. Um, so I started having like thoughts like that. And then um, for me, because my son, he's he's got 22Q, but at the time we didn't know um, what it was or like because he was always in hospital sick. So I always felt like I like I was, wasn't good enough as a parent, um, and I started sort of thinking like I'm not doing enough as a dad, and just those sorts of thoughts started creeping in. And then, yeah, I'd just miss my family, and then even my family in New Zealand, I'd be like, oh, like I'd, I'd call my mum, and then because I pretty much call her once a week as it is, but I'd start calling her more often and things like that, and then. Um, yeah, I ended up sort of speaking to someone. So how that came about was I said to one of the supervisors, Johnny, I was just like, bro, like, I should be happy, but I'm just like, I, I just don't feel good. Like, I don't feel right anymore. And then I sort of thought to myself, when I said it to him, I sort of thought, oh, he's going to have a laugh at me. And then he sort of said to me, bro, like, I'm happy that you sort of reached out and said something. And then he sort of gave me... Uh, this phone number to call. So I called the I yeah I called that phone number that night once I got back to my room, and I spoke to someone, and like I felt stupid calling them because at the like the whole time I said I was speaking to the lady I was like I'm not going to do anything stupid to myself I just feel like I'm down, and she was like yeah no that's like that's normal like that's all good and I just kept saying I'm not going to do anything stupid but yeah because I I just felt embarrassed speaking to her. So anyway, I um, organised a meeting with a counsellor and then once I got back to Perth, I sort of, um, I didn't want to do it because I sort of thought, I thought, yeah, I thought it was weak to speak. Um, but I thought, oh, I'll just go and if I don't like it, I'll just walk out. I'll tell her to get fucked. So um, I went in and I spoke to this lady and I think I spoke to her for about an hour and I think, like, for me... What I liked about it was when I'd speak to her, she wasn't, like, telling me, you know, like, I was right or I was wrong or whatever. Like, she was just actually listening, and I feel like that's what I needed. And then at the end of, like, speaking to us, I think I spoke to her two or three times, and then she sort of said to me, um, she was like, I don't think there's nothing, like, too bad, but we've got an option here or something if you want to start taking the medication and so I remember I said, oh, look, I was like, oh, I don't 
sort of want to medicate or anything like I reckon I'll be sweet but I just feel like I need to talk and then she sort of said look it's up to you but um, I recommend it so I said oh yeah whatever I rang up um, that my supervisor Johnny and I was like bro she wants me to take the meds and I was I'm not taking that shit and then he sort of said to me bro like you haven't felt happy for a while so maybe give it a crack like you've got nothing to lose if you don't enjoy it like if you're not feeling well while you're taking it just jump off it like it's just an option so when he put it to me like that I was like oh yeah sweet so I started taking the meds and I think she said it takes like a month or so to kick in so I started taking them for a couple months and I sort of said to her like I want the lowest dosage and she was like yeah yeah sweet so anyway I got on there and um I got on them and while I was on them like I started to, I think yeah they started to kick in because I started being like a little bit happier um started sort of feeling yeah good again and then but there was sort of part of me that sort of felt like it was fake like I sort of didn't have emotions and then when that sort of I sort of noticed it more was when I think, yeah, my cousin had passed away in New Zealand and my mum called me up and she was like, oh, would you be able to fly back for the funeral, that sort of stuff? And I was like, yeah, sweet. And, like, I was pretty close to this cousin and I couldn't cry. I was just like, I just didn't feel sad. And even on the flight home, like, usually when I leave um, Perth to go to New Zealand, like, I still get a bit upset. So I didn't at that time, so I was just like, oh... Like something's wrong here, and then I remember we were at the tangi and um, or the funeral, and I remember looking over and my cousin's kids were crying and his wife and all that, and I that's when I started to cry. And then I feel like I had this huge cry, but it, like I was obviously sad that he passed on, but I think there were more things with it, and like yeah, I just like I couldn't stop crying for a while there, and then. I remember I said to myself, like, I was like, that's it. Like, I'm going to cut out these meds because they're just making me feel a bit weird. So when I got back to Perth, I called the lady up and um, spoke to her and then caught up with her and then she sort of said, don't go off them cold turkey. Like, just go off them slowly because if you go off them cold turkey, um, something might happen or something, but... In my mind, I just knew like I was done. So I told her, yeah, I'll do it properly. But I just went off them cold turkey. And um, yeah, like for me, um, I think sort of what got like, what helped me with that was I still spoke to people um, on my weeks off. So every couple of weeks, I'd still go in and speak to a counsellor and sort of just say like how I'm feeling and things like that. And I feel like that's how I got through um doing those swings because like for me eventually I ended up doing a four and one roster so four weeks on one week off and yeah I did struggle while I was doing that but I think what did help um yeah was me being able to speak to people and yeah like reaching out getting help and things like that so my best advice um if you are struggling while you're out there is to reach out and get help um it isn't weak to speak to someone i think like for me what i needed to realize that what i was doing was a big sacrifice like i was spending 
weeks and weeks away from my family and there were going to be sort of things that build up during that time so it's only natural to sort of get those feelings some people they can do it easily they'll do years and years and years and nothing changes for them but for me like yeah I needed to speak to someone so I think yeah my best advice like I said is if you are struggling reach out um, chat to people um, be open about it and yeah I think like when people when you speak to people it does make it a lot easier so the next question uh, a few people have kind of asked me this one as well pretty much it's how did you get out of doing fly and fly out so I think like with me because um, I was always like I said I'd always had that plan of coming back to do um, coaching or personal training or whatever you want to call it to get back into the fitness industry so I was always studying and things like that so I did have like an end goal and towards my time working away like I'd sort of completed all the little things that I wanted to do and I was sort of ready to come back and um, I had a couple options so I was working away at one site and one of the other got like one of my mates that I'd met he sort of said to me I could get you a gig on an easier roster so I was doing four and one at the time and I got offered a eight days on six days off roster and I said to him I'll think about it and while I sort of said that to him I had started um, doing some training with this guy back here in Perth Jordan and he sort of said to me like while he was training me he was we were doing a little bit of goal setting and I sort of said to him like yeah I'm overworking away like the money's good but I'm just over it like I want to be back and so he sort of he helped me out big time sort of got me like gave me a few ideas and helped me out with a few things so then I ended up telling my mate like no nah, I don't want to take that role and I applied at all these gyms here in Perth and I was just like hopefully one of them gives me a job and one of my friends I'd known him for like over 10 years I think um he owned like he owned a gym here in um Perth and he was opening up a second second one so I saw that on his social media on his Facebook and it was close to my house so I reached out to him I sort of said to him hey bro um are you opening up a gym in June and then he was like yeah 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 and then we sort of like got chatting and I didn't really tell him that I was interested straight away but I was like in my head things were playing out and then so I said to my, my mate Ryan I said to him oh yeah sweet awesome chatting with you blah 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 and then he um put up a ad on seek looking for personal trainer or coaches and so i applied for it and then i remember i had gone to this interview um in the city for another job and he'd rang me and he was like oh hey bro did you apply for a um, job at my gym and i was like yeah and he's like oh why didn't you just say it when we were chatting the other day and I was just like, nah, I wanted to do it all properly, blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, I remember we talked and he said, sweet, this Sunday come in for an interview. And I was like, yeah, all good. And I remember the interview that I was actually going to that day, I just walked out because I was like, nah, this is what I wanted. So I went to the interview on the Sunday and I was shy, I was quiet because like 
yeah, I hadn't done anything like that properly for like seven years or something. And I remember when I was there, I was looking at everybody else and I was like, man, I don't think I'll get it. And then everybody left and then Ryan came up to me and was just like, sort of said to me, um, like, you done all right, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't think much of it. And then we had a quick chat, caught up on a few things and then, yeah, left. And then probably about 10 minutes after me leaving, he gave me a ring and said, oh, you've got the job. Um, I'll catch up with you properly next week. Do you want to come down and watch how the sessions are run here at Balcata, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, so he gave me the job at RBT Joondalup. And, yeah, I've been here ever since. So um, it's been awesome. I think I've been here, I think we opened in 2016. And it's been awesome. There's been heaps of ups and downs, but I really, really do love being here. And I think I, like, personally, I feel like I made the right decision to leave working fly and fly out and I think I've, I came to the right place and I think for me that's why I'll always be grateful to Ryan as well because yeah like he could have chosen anybody else um, and he gave me the job and I think also like I've made heaps of mistakes along the way and he's always backed me so yeah I'll always be grateful to Ryan for giving me this uh, gig as well so yeah, that's how I sort of got out of it. Um, and my final question is, <laughs> uh, do you reckon you'll go back up and work away again someday? Um, at the moment, for me, no. But um, like I know where I've come from and things like that, so I'll never, ever say no to something. Like if, um, if, When COVID hit, I remember we had to shut the gym and straight away like a few of my mates that work away still sort of reached out and sort of said like if you've got no work just let me know and we'll try and get you a job back out here again and things like that so at the moment like while everything is sweet and I feel like I'm, I'm happy where I am at my life in the, at the moment um, I won't go out there but um, that may change in a year or six months or whatever. So for me, I'll do whatever I have to do to provide for my family. So I won't say no, but I'm happy at where I'm at at the moment. So, yeah. So that's the podcast on Fly and Fly Out from me. So pretty much that's my story. I'm not speaking for anybody else. Um, other people have their own story. I'm just saying what how I felt and what I went through. Um, had a couple people that work away still that want to jump on the podcast, so I'll get them on to speak about their experiences and, like, good, the bad, everything. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy it, and thanks for listening, team.